Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. In this sermon today, we are looking at Luke chapter 13 verses 1 to 9. And this just finishes a very short series looking at uh, three parables in Luke's gospel about uh, the return of Christ and about being ready for it. And today we are thinking about how each tragedy that happens is actually a warning to us. Just to let you know that this will be the last uh, thing which is on the podcast before the new year. Uh, there won't be anything next week. So I just want to say thanks very much for joining me this year. Have a, a, a very happy Christmas and a happy new year. And I'll see you again in January. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And there is more content available on the YouTube channel. The link's down below. And if you'd like to support Understand the Bible, there is also a Patreon account. And the link for that will be in the description too. Thanks so much, everyone. I hope that this sermon is a blessing to you. And I'll see See you again soon. So why is it that tragedies happen? Why is it that tragedies happen? Now this is something which uh, we often ask, isn't it? You know, why do why do bad things happen to good people and, and so on? You know, we often see that, that kind of thing happening. And people sometimes have this idea that, that bad things happen because people deserve it. Um, and, um, you know, that uh, if something bad happens to you or if something bad happens to someone you know, it's because you must have done something to deserve that bad thing happening. Um, and this was a common view in the time of the Bible, as we will see, as Jesus talks about. But actually what Jesus does is he refocuses attention and he says it's actually not about, um, uh, not about, deserving but actually it's what they say to us that's the thing you know we need to we need to look and say well what does that say to us and so this is what we're going to be looking at and this is um we've been looking at this series here of three um parables which sort of talk about the, his return and what it means to be to be ready and to be waiting and so that's what that's sort of the context of, uh, of what jesus is saying um, so he, he talks about, um, starts talking about this, or, or people ask him, sorry, about the Galileans. This is verse one, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. So we don't know what, uh, what event that this was referring to. Um, it could be I was reading something which gave about six different possibilities. We don't really know. Um, but uh, it, presumably there are people who were going up to the temple um, and uh, they were going to offer sacrifices and uh, they've been killed on their way. It says Pilate mixed their blood with their sacrifices. Um, and um, you know, they were presumably um, faithful Jewish people at the time. Um, and maybe people have been saying, well, they must have done something really bad uh, to deserve that. But Jesus said in verse 2, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. So people have this idea, don't they, of, of um, karma. You hear, you've heard people talk about that before, you know, the idea that in this world we get what's coming to us. You know, if you do good, then you'll get good. If you do bad, you get bad. And uh, so that they were, must have been saying, you know, these Galileans who this terrible thing happened to, um, they must have done something really bad. They must have sinned really badly in order for that to happen to them. But Jesus says, no, that's not how it works. He says, 
Um, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. So Jesus just takes the focus away from whatever, from their worthiness or not. And he says, actually, it's not about that. He says, this is a message for you. This is how you should respond. He says, you need to, to look at yourself. And again, he says the same thing um, about um, this tower. It says the tower in Siloam, 18 died when the tower in Siloam fell on them. So you might think almost like maybe a natural disaster, you know, something natural rather than a, an evil thing, just a natural thing which happened. And he says again, uh, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, it's not. It wasn't because they deserved it that it happened. But he says, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. So what he's he's saying is that when bad things happen, it's not necessarily a punishment. And the world tends to think that, doesn't it? I mean, if, if something terrible happens, people will think, oh, what did they do to, to deserve it? You know, all this karma idea. Now, sometimes the Bible does talk in those terms. So, for example, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30, it says um, about people taking communion in an unworthy manner. And it says in chapter 11, verse 30, that's why many among you are weak and ill, and a number of you have fallen asleep. Um, so he says that, um, you know, that illness was a result of their not taking communion in a, in a worthy manner. So that was, um, that was related. But generally speaking, Jesus says that's not, that's not the right conclusion to draw. That when bad things happen, it's not necessarily a punishment for sin, but that it's meant to be a warning sign. That's the point that Jesus said. It's not, it's a sign for us. And it's a reminder of our own mortality. It's a reminder that we ourselves uh, will die one day. Jesus says, you know, you will all likewise perish. You know, that, that dying is, is the goal of all of us, is the destination of all of us one day. Whether we die when a tower falls on us or in tragic circumstances or of old age, whatever it may be, that is our goal. And that when we see these events happening, it should remind us of that. And then um, he, he gives this little short parable of the fig tree. Now a fig tree was often a um, sort of metaphor for the people of Israel. So you may remember in Mark, Mark's gospel, Jesus, uh, uh, Mark chapter 11, Jesus curses the fig tree so this is Mark 11, verses 12 to 14. Uh, the next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Um, so this is... Uh, you know, if you like, a metaphor for the people of, of Israel of the day, saying, well, you haven't received Jesus, you know, you haven't borne fruit, you don't know God. And that's, that's like what Jesus is saying here. It's related. Uh, he says the, 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 the owner of the, the, the vineyard went to look to see if there was fruit on the fig tree, and there was none. And then um, he says, well, 
cut it up, you know, get rid of it because it's just using up the soil. I don't know if any of you are gardeners, if any of you have fig trees or anything like that, um, but um, you know that uh, uh, trees do use up the, the nutrients, don't they, in the soil? And um, uh, that's, that's the thing, you know, you get rid of ones which aren't bearing fruit. But the man says, leave it alone for one more year and I'll fertilize it and dig around it and then if it bears fruit, then great, but if not, then cut it down. Uh, so what, what Jesus is drawing attention to is the time factor. He's saying that this tree is living on borrowed time. This tree is, uh, has only got a year left. Does the tree know that? <laughs> that's the thing, that that's what Jesus is saying, that it's, it's living on borrowed time. That the point is the urgency, the need to act now, otherwise there'll be destruction coming. And that, I think the message of that is quite clear related to what he's saying. It's the urgency of the need to act now. When we see these things happening, that's a warning to us to act. So, now I think really this is um, quite a straightforward passage, actually. I think that this is, the message of it is pretty clear. Let's just go and, and, and recap. I think sometimes, sometimes the Bible says that when bad things happen, they do happen as a consequence of sin, as we saw in, in 1 Corinthians. But generally speaking, I think it's not the right way to, to, to draw a line between those two things, especially not in an individual's life. You know, to, to say that that's definitely happening because they did that. Um, I think there is a general pattern in the Bible that when we disobey God, then bad consequences follow. And certainly as a nation, I think a lot of what's come upon us has happened because we turned away from God. But I think to look at individuals and to say, well, that event happened because they did that sin, I don't think that's, you know, unless you have a very clear um, word from the Lord about that, I don't think that's the, right, uh, that's the right thing. I would say it's best not to speculate. But the, the real point that Jesus is saying here is that tragedy, wherever it comes, is due to the curse of sin and due to the curse of, of the fall. That these things happen in the world because of sin at the end of the day, because there is sin in the world. And death is, you know, the, the, the curse of the fall, isn't it? Death is the curse of sin. And that's something which is going to befall all of us, whether we die in, in tragic circumstances or not, that we will all one day die. And when these tragedies happen, it is a sign to us of, of our own mortality. It should be. We should be looking at that and thinking, well, you know, if someone gets run over by a bus, you could think, well, that could be me tomorrow. You know, are we ready to face it? That's the question that we need to be asking ourselves. This is what it says in uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 9. Uh, Hebrews 9, verse 27. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. People are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. That's the message, isn't it? That we're all destined to die once and then face judgment. And when we look at uh, tragedies happen, it's a, it's a challenge to us to say, have you responded 
to the message of good news before it's too late? Have you listened to what Jesus had to say? Have you accepted that message? Do you know um, the, uh, the National Lottery, when it first came in back in the 90s, do you remember they did those adverts with the, start, with the hand and it could be you? Do you remember that? It could be you. Well, I think when tragedies happen, we might see that. That's, that's, what God, that's a message from God to us. It could be you. Are you ready to die? Are you ready to meet me? Because it's a reminder that we're all living on borrowed time. And that actually we need to, there is an urgency about our situation. We need to make things right with God before it is too late. Because one day it will be. So are you ready to meet the Lord? And, you know, this is the, the Advent message really, isn't it? You know, that we're not just looking back to the incarnation of Christ. We're not just looking back to when he was born and it's all very cute, isn't it? You know, we look at the, the manger, we look at the stable scene and the Christmas card sort of image and we think, oh, how lovely. You know, Jesus, oh, there's a cute little baby. But we remember that Jesus will one day return again as judge. As we say in, in the creed, he'll return to judge the living and the dead. And that, you know, we need to be ready for that. And that each day that passes is an opportunity to make ourselves ready and to, to grow in faith, to grow in our, our trust in him, and to put our trust in him. I'd just like to finish by, um, by reading you a short little extract from a John Newton's testimony. And John Newton, um, you, may, you may know, he, was the, um, well, he wrote Amazing Grace, but he was a, a slave trader, and he, he spent his early life on ships. And I think he, his mother was a Christian, and she taught him... You know, to pray and, and so on, but um, she died when he was quite young. And uh, so he grew up without really having any, without believing in God, really. But then one day, um, when he was on the seas, um, there was a terrible storm at sea. And um, let me read you what happened. This took place on the 10th of March, 1748. That 10th of March, says Newton, is a day much to be remembered by me and I have never allowed it to pass unnoticed since the year 1748. For on that day the Lord came from on high and delivered me out of deep waters. The storm was terrific. When the ship went plunging down into the trough of the sea, few on board expected her to come up again. The hold was rapidly filling with water. As Newton hurried to his place at the pumps, he said to the captain, If this will not do, the Lord have mercy upon us. His own words startled him. Mercy, he said to himself in astonishment. Mercy, mercy. What mercy can there be for me? This was the first desire I had breathed for mercy for many years. About six in the evening, the hold was free from water, and then came a gleam of hope. I thought I saw the hand of God displayed in our favour. I began to pray. I could not utter the prayer of faith, I could not draw near to a reconciled God and call him Father. My prayer for mercy was like the cry of the ravens, which yet the Lord does not disdain to hear. Isn't that an amazing story? That this tragic event um, in Newton's life, or near tragedy, actually turned him to the Lord and made him call upon him, and yet God did not disdain to hear even then. And that's, that's the mercy of God, isn't it? That whenever we call out to him, even if it seems like it's our final moments, then God is there and God will hear us. And that's the, the question that we need to, 
to reflect on, I think, as uh, we come up towards Christmas time. Let's take a moment to pray and ask God uh, for his help in, in these things. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for, for this passage from Luke's Gospel. Thank you for these words of Jesus and pray that you would help us to take them on board. And we pray that you would help us to recognise the urgency of the hour and to, uh, to seek you and to, to seek your mercy in Jesus Christ. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, you would help us as a church to be able to hold out this message um, to those who are in desperate need and who do not realise the danger that they are in. And we pray, Lord, that for, this, um, for our parish, for this town, across our land, across our world, uh, Lord, that this message uh, would be heard loud and clear and that many would turn to you. And especially, we pray, at this Christmas time, that people would seek you and seek your mercy. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.